The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome to the show, everyone. Great to have you along as we kick off a Thursday night. We're going to be talking about the secret of everything tonight. I'm just looking at the I tried putting the guest picture on the big screen over here over my left shoulder. But it's a little too bright, isn't it? So it kind of gets washed out there because the rest of the room is so dark. Oh, well. I'll have to adjust that. Um, we this, the, What's the secret of everything, you ask? Well, we're going to find out. It's just our, our guest tonight, Kim, uh, Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, has done so much. Uh, she is a naturopathic doctor. She's an energy healer, a remote viewer, a paranormal expert, expert and a consciousness teacher. And she's going to be talking a lot about her research using state-of-the-art technology for alternative health combined with the energy healing fields. She'll also share some of her personal paranormal experiences along with how she uses her psychic abilities to help people. She's got a lot of great information, a lot of great experience, and I'm anxious to have her on the program and talk about it. I do want to say hi to everybody in our chat room. I don't know. We've got a bunch of folks there as people file in. Um, just trying to scan the messages. Hey, Gene and Fiddy and Rebel and Arlene, always our first folks into the chat room. We appreciate you guys jumping in quickly and early. Um, uh, very much appreciate that. Appreciate that. A lot of folks coming in afterward. I do want to mention that we have, uh, I want to give a shout out to Keith Singleton, who's one of our newest Patreon supporters. Yes, we do have a Patreon page, which allows people who appreciate the program, help support the program so we can continue to do the things that we do here. Uh, And that's really easy to find, by the way, if it's something you're interested in doing. Certainly no obligation to do that. But if you're interested in doing it, just go to Patreon. Uh, It's patreon.com. I think it's slash Joe Haw. I think that's how it works. Either way, if you look up Joe Haw Productions on Patreon, you'll find our page. It's very, very simple there. It's a very small amount that um, you can pledge to us on a monthly basis, like two bucks or something like that. I mean, who doesn't have two bucks? Well, I don't. That's why we need to do it. Um, who's behind me? So, yeah, so the guest over my shoulder, Scooter, is uh, is our guest tonight. And I thought it'd be fun to put her picture up there, um, but it's a little too bright, so it's not really working the way I had intended. So I have to fix that. I have to fix it. And that, the light is really bright on me. I have to fix that, too. You'd think that this stuff would be all figured out by now, but it's just a little bit too much. Let me see what happens if I do. Oops. See, this is one thing about this. These are kind of cool, these lights. I control them all with the phone. Um, but, oh, and I didn't turn on. Man, I'm just. I'm just all sorts of disorganized tonight. All right, here we go. Let's see. Does that help? Does that turn it down a little bit? Yeah, it's a little better, I guess. Okay. Anyway, so you just saw a little behind the scenes action here. Isn't that fun? Uh, so tonight we're going to be talking about the spirit of everything the secret, not the spirit, the secret of everything uh, with Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. And I've said enough. I've just rambled my way through five minutes here and haven't said a thing worth hearing. So let's go to break. When we come back, we will get our guest on the line and we'll begin talking about uh, our topics tonight. It's going to be a wide and diverse conversation about a lot of things paranormal. Oh, something was moving behind me, Scooter? Hey, Nikki. Uh, Something was moving? I didn't see that. Were you trying to just freak me out, Scooter? Was that a joke? Or did you really see something there? Because as you know, I see things in this studio all the time. I see them all the time. Let's go to break. We'll be right back. It's Beyond Reality. 
Hey, it's JV here. You know I've asked for your support in the past, and I'm going to do it again because it's really, really important. And there are a couple of ways you can support the show, and it's so inexpensive. Now, you can go to Patreon, and you can become a Patreon supporter, and we really, really encourage that. But there's also another way. If you look at the description of the podcast, if you're a podcast listener, and you scroll down to the bottom, there's a way to support the show directly through the podcast app. And it's only 99 cents a month. It's less than a buck. You probably have that change in your couch right now. That dollar a month less than a dollar goes a long way in helping us produce this program, provide great interviews for you during the course of the week. I thank you in advance because the support is so important to the program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to the show. It's Beyond Reality. I'm your host, JV. Thank you so much for being here. Be sure to subscribe. If you've got a Twitch subscription or you've had one, please uh, make sure you renew that subscription, especially if you've connected it to your Amazon Prime account. By doing that, which is really simple to do, by the way, but if you do that, the there is no fee for the subscription on Twitch, but you have to redo it each month. It, it expires on a monthly basis. you got to go in each month and re- reestablish that connection. Appreciate you doing that. Otherwise, you can follow us on Twitch. And, of course, a subscription on our YouTube channel is, uh, there's no charge associated with that, and we appreciate that as well. We have a lot of podcast listeners. We've got, we, we this show, it's really humbling to me. This show gets downloaded in the neighborhood of 10,000 times a day. Uh, and thank you to all our podcast listeners. It's a very, very important group. You can't catch the show live, but I understand it's a late show for a lot of people. It is for me at times, and it is for our guests at times. Uh, but we do it anyway, and I understand if you can't. So catching the podcast version is a perfectly acceptable way to catch the program. Tonight we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. Our guest tonight is Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. Uh, Kimberly is a naturopathic doctor, an energy healer, a remote viewer, a paranormal expert, a consciousness consciousness teacher, and much more. Kimberly, welcome to the program. Great to have you with us tonight. Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited. I, that was a mouthful to say. You've done so much. Your experience is so varied and, and, and wide and deep and all those things. But that's not too surprising when you start to understand that this really all started for you at birth, right? I mean, you've had these sensitivities and things since you were born or as far back as you can remember. Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, I didn't realize that when you're three or four, you don't really know what's going on. Right. I always think the oddest thing... Uh, JV is that I thought I was normal. I thought everybody was like this. I thought my mom and dad were like this. I thought my brother was like this. I thought my friends were like this. That was quite startling to find out. Um, I was very, very weird. (laughs) I love hearing that, though. I love hearing that. And I hear that from a lot of folks who have sensitivities and had those sensitivities as a child. Often, they do feel like that they're normal and that everybody has these things. And then they're kind of and sometimes they're taught to to turn it off. They're taught to shut it down or ignore it. Or they're you, you know you, you you're not normal. You can't you can't be seeing somebody in the corner that's not there. You're crazy. So stop thinking that way. I mean, it's really kind of in a way uh, verbally, if not otherwise, beaten out of us. Gosh, um, I think it's yeah. 
I think it's verbally beaten out of us. I think um, I was a, I'm a, still a really big observer. I think that's one reason why I grow in the abilities I have and why I'm so varied in what I do. But what I observed was when I would talk about these things, um, it wasn't even the verbal. It was more the um, looks. It was more reading the, the you know the subtlety of body language, even as I got older. And so very very quickly, you absolutely learn to stop talking about it. And the sad thing is a lot of times, and it was somewhat true for me too, the abilities start to turn off. And I think that is just like crushing because I'm a mother of four girls and all my girls have highly developed psychic abilities. And it was such a joy, you know, not to do that to them. And you you hit a really good point here because maybe it's not so verbal and maybe it's just, you know, the raised eyebrow, the glance, the look, the reaction you get from people when you talk about these things that they don't necessarily understand or can't relate to. And I I suppose it's that body language that is teaching you something uh, that maybe the words aren't. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, I'll throw in another typical uh, part of a story that's very common to people like me is I grew up in a very religious home. My dad is still a pastor. And so verbally, you know, the church, at least, you know, the Bible is pretty clear about things like witches and fortune telling and Ouija boards. And I mean, when I was 10, you know, my grandparents used to give us money for Christmas. And, you know, I walked into Toys R Us. I know they're out of business now, guys. I'm telling my age. But I walked into Toys R Us and out of, you know, the whole store, the only thing I wanted to buy was a Ouija board. So my little self, you know, trudges up clutching this Ouija board so excited. And my parents are like, that's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) It was constantly, you know, hitting the wall like that. What was your parents' attitude, though? I mean, you know, whether you were actually talking about this stuff or or displaying these sensitivities, did they embrace it? Were they concerned about it? How did they react to this? Well, one of my favorite stories, which is not one of my brother's favorite stories, is um, there was an old man's spirit when I was about three or four, and my brother was a baby, and he was laying in his, uh, you know, little crib sleeping peacefully. And the spirit came up behind me and, and said, you see those pins over there? You know, these are the old days. My mom had cloth diapers with, and they had those big honking diaper pins. And oh, he's yeah. like, you see those pins? I know. I know. You know what's coming, right? <laughs> and he's like, why, why don't you poke him with that? It'll be really fun. And I'm like, Okay, sure, why not? You know, uh, yeah, that didn't end well. <laughs> oh, man. Well, some people might say, some people might say little, little Kimberly was up to some mischief and blaming it on something else. But no, that's not what was happening. You actually were instructed? I was. And of course I had a choice. I mean, usually, I, I won't say we always have a choice, right. um, but usually we do have a choice. So of course I had a choice, but I'm mm-hmm. like three or four and I'm like... Yeah. Heck, I don't know. I've never thought about doing that, so I really didn't think it through like something bad. Was what about what happen. about your reaction to this stuff? I mean, like you said, you 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 know, you thought it was normal. You thought everybody saw, you know, what you later learned were spirits. So you probably didn't realize what they were at the time. Um, right. Did they ever scare you? Did you ever feel, you know, uh, wake up crying or you know somebody sitting on your bed as a child and you were scared by it? Anything like that ever happened, or did you always? just kind of accept it? Um, I had many really frightening experiences. I mean, um, I remember being uh, lift my bed lifted up and uh, levitating off my bed, and my bed lifted up by um, literally four hooded dark figures on each corner oh, of my bed. I mean, that's not fun. Um, 
I, you know, my remote viewing started with um, being taken to the scenes of uh, really horrific uh, tragedies, fires and suicides and murders and domestic violence. And I mean, that started at two, three, and I had no place to put it. I was terrified of sirens. I was terrified of, um, you know, all those shows. I think there was a show called Emergency My Parents Used to Watch. I hated that show. Oh, Emergency it was, one, of... it was one of my favorites as a kid. Emergency oh, uh, Squad 51. With, well, my, my dad was a fireman, so I was so into anything that was, you know, okay. fire department. Cool. Yeah, sirens. That was, that was all my thing because that's what my dad did, you know. Oh, yeah, and it's awesome. And, you know, I, I grew up to date a lot of, you know, policemen and firemen and thought it was cool then. But when I was young, it just all triggered what would happen at night because we lived outside of Chicago. So there was a lot of sirens and it would oh, yeah. trigger, you know, my remote viewing capabilities, which was horrifying. So I had a lot of horrifying experiences, so, you know, really. I, I've talked to a lot of people who've, who were remote viewers and often the way they talk about the way they have to practice this or do this is that, you know, they have to, it's, it's something that they have to be very deliberate about. They have to focus on it. They've got to be quiet. They've got to meditate. They've got to, you know, it's a really, it's a real process. To me, it sounds like you just kind of slipped into it naturally and not at will kind of, you know, whenever it, it just happened. Yeah. It's so funny. I didn't even know there was anything called, um, military remote viewing. I'm like, what's military remote viewing? They're like, that's how you learn to remote view. I'm like, oh, what do you mean? A coordinate? What do you mean? A number? Like, you know, that's just not, that wasn't my entryway. I mean, since then, I can do it either way. Um, you know, I've learned how to do it that way as well. But I think it's easier just to go there. You know? <laughs> what about, um, you know, there are a lot of people that, that are remote viewers that talk about it in a far more scientific way than they do of spiritual or psychic way. It's, it's, it's almost a scientific process to them. Where do you fall on that? Do you feel it's more spiritual? It's a, it's a spiritual sensitivity or do you think it's more of a innate scientific uh, physiological thing that we've got in us and some people learn how to use it and some, and some don't. I think all um, what I call fire creation spirits are real people. Um, because there's not a lot of real people left on the planet today, in my opinion. Uh, there's a lot of clones. There's a lot of simulations. That's probably another show, another conversation. Oh, wow. yeah, that's a, that is definitely another show and a conversation, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm very excited you mentioned it, but go ahead. Okay, but, um, you know, the real people, I think we all have this ability. We've forgotten. We've forgotten when we came here. We've been, we're memory wiped all the time. Um, constantly, even those of us with psychic abilities are memory wiped, you know, as a planet. Um, I'm not so much of the school of thought that it's a school. I think anything can be a school. I mean, even if you're in prison, you can treat that as a school, but I really think we're locked down here and from birth, you know, we're memory wiped and everything's done to smash us down. So we forget, we forget how powerful we are. And I think every single person is equally as talented and powerful as I am, and we all have used those abilities for millions of years. We've just forgotten. Yeah, so we've kind of just just become lazy with them, so therefore we've forgotten how to use them. I mean, it's almost, it's almost if you want to talk about a, a, a spiritual or a, a psychical evolution process. Mm, I would, yeah, I'd agree with that, too. And I think, you know, what we talked about at the beginning, you know, in my micro-universe is also true in the macro-universe. They used to be. I think it's coming back with shows like yours and with all the popular, you know, TV ghost shows. Yeah, I think yeah. the paranormal has become much more popular. Um, 
but you know, prior to that, it was just not even welcomed or well thought of, and it was done in the secret, and people were ashamed of it, and it was done in the dark. Um, you know, but now there's a lot of different attitude toward it, which makes me really happy. Yeah, there's a yeah. tremendous change in in the acceptance of it, and I often say that uh, you know, particularly with the with the introduction of these very popular. Um, paranormal reality shows, one of which I was affiliated with for many years, uh, it introduced these concepts to people who may have been talking about them in whispers to their friends or to people who felt uh, felt and thought the same way. And these shows kind of legitimized it and allowed these conversations to go from backroom whispers to dining room table talk. I mean, it's it, it seems to have been become, for most people, that accepted. Oh, yeah. Now, when I tell people what I do, even strangers, they're like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Like, they think, you know, Bigfoot's cool. They think, you know, clearing a house is cool. They think being a psychic is cool. And so it's so nice. I was just talking to my daughter about that tonight. I'm like, it's so nice. You know, finally, the tide is turning. You know, finally, I belong. (laughs) Yeah, and of course, and of course, the success of the the paranormal reality shows, the ghost shows in particular, you know, bred the the spinoffs that would uh, talk about UFOs or Bigfoot or, or other mysteries. And uh, so all of these topics, all of these topics that I used to watch Leonard Nimoy's In Search Of program to learn about are now, oh, yeah, now are being yeah, talked about it, you know, with a lot of regularity. So that's a good thing. But I need to ask you about some of these various disciplines. Um, you know, you're a remote viewer. You, you, from a child, you've been able to see auras around people. You're very mm-hmm. sensitive, highly sensitive, and, uh, you know, you've got psychic abilities. Plus, you've, you know, expanded into just kind of research topics, things like Bigfoot and other things that would fall under the paranormal right. thing. How does how does the more, uh, uh, the first few things that I talked about, remote viewing, psychic ability, sensitivities, seeing auras, how do they relate to each other? Are they all part of the same sensitivity, just manifesting in different ways? Are these each individual sensitivities? I would say both. I mean, because we know that um, everything is frequency, not just in um, our universe, but also in the multiverse. So all dimensions have a frequency number. All planets have a frequency number. All realms. Um, You know, we're stuck with numbers. You know, we may not be stuck with language because there's actually um, more highly advanced forms of communication. Everybody thinks the Tower of Babel was about splitting the languages. It wasn't. It was about introducing language, and they took away telepathy from us. So we all had this beautiful, silent, instant communication that was really, really so profound and rich, and instead they gave us language. So the only thing that's left, you know, when we go anywhere outside of here in all the ET races, we all have numbers and frequency in common. So all of the things that you're talking about uh, relate to frequency. And one thing I say to my students and my clients, I say, if you can know anything, anywhere, anytime, any place, multiple dimensions, multiple realms, multiple timelines, would you want to know? And they're like, of course. And I'm like, learn to read frequency. So all of the things you talked about have frequency in common. And that's what brings us to the name of your work, the name of your website, um, Secret of Everything, right? And this this is what brings it all together. It, it is. And you know what's funny? I used to say, everybody used to say, you know, what is the secret of everything? That was their final question, which is great. You know, it's real catchy. I used to say frequency, but you know what? I've actually gone a layer below that. And I come back to remembering who each individual is, remembering who you are as a spirit, 
remembering the power that you have because everything in this reality, every discipline in this reality is crafted so you forget who you are. What, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Well, the, the secret of everything is actually you because if you knew who you were in millions or trillions or zillions, so there's some very, very old souls on this planet. I mean, we are literally walking among the gods, you know, the, you know, the Marvel comic books, the Marvel comic books are based on, well, they're based on a lot of super soldier programs, but they're also based on a lot of the gods and a lot of the gods are what we worshiped as gods. Um, you know, the Greek and Roman myths were of course, absolutely real. And a lot of them have just been memory wiped and they are on this plane of existence today. And so we forget, we forget the magic and I do mean magic and the power and the abilities, you know, of who we are. And really, we are the powerful ones, more powerful than the cabal, more powerful than all the evil, um, more powerful than the Draco reptilians, you know, all the things people talk about. Uh, but they don't want us to know that. That's why they work so hard to keep us down. And that's why we are memory wiped. They being um, every who? Day they upload us they, every night. Kimberly, they, they being who? who? Who's keeping us down? Who is memory wiping us? Well, that's a that's a the corporations. I would say the corporations. And when I say corporations, people are like, "Oh, Nestle and Kraft and Johnson and Johnson." No, um, I mean like the umbrella corporation, like the monarch corporation. And then above the corporations, this is getting really into like Star Trekky stuff. But like the Galactic Federation has five hundred thousand planets, and they oversee our planet, so they have their hand in a lot of this too. Okay, they so- kind of play both sides. When you when you said corporations, I was going to ask you if these were, you know, um, human terrestrial corporations. Uh, but you kind of answered they're that both. by going extending Inter- beyond. They're that. interplanetary, so they are they are terrestrial. They are here, you know, in different uh, countries, but they are interplanetary corporations. We're, we're we're veering off of this conversation about frequency a lot, but I need but I need to ask these questions because I'm very very curious. Um, you talk about an intergalactic federation that's made up of 500,000 planets. Do we have, I mean, I, I don't have evidence that they exist. I mean, we have things like UFO sightings, those kind of things that we all know about. But other than that, I don't have evidence. Where does this manifest itself? It, well, they don't want you really to know. It manifests itself really in a lot of the science fiction. So like I, that's why I referred to Star Trek, because they're one of the ones that outed the Galactic Federation. Consciously, how, consciously, you know, Kimberly. Would oh, did, did, no, it's okay. I just, sure. I don't want to. I just want to get these questions. They, did they? Did Star Trek out them consciously, or was it just coincidental? No, they outed them consciously. They were given the script. Oh, okay. So, just like Eisenhower, I mean, a lot of people accept or know or believe, you know, that Eisenhower. I mean, we have pictures, of course, that can be doctored, yada yada. But you know, we a lot of people do know that the government has met with different. Um, off-planet and on-planet, uh, what we would call ETs or species. So it's similar to that. A lot of these, uh, George Lucas is very well aware. He actually put oh. actual aliens in Star Wars. I mean, that's how uh, in communication he is with the different races. And I was really hoping that this big, um, you know, UFO yeah. exposure they just had, mm-hmm. I was really hoping they were going to tell us everything. I was actually just, yeah, no, I, many of us were, and I was actually just in the middle of a text conversation with 
a very good friend of mine, uh, Fred, since grade school, who is far more br- far smarter than I am, and he's been doing a lot of uh, debunking of these videos that uh, that the, mm-hmm. the military has mm-hmm. released. But the curious thing about his effort to debunk them is that it's revealed to me that. The military is doing a misdirection here with this whole thing. The military is is releasing things that they clearly know what they are. And I'm not talking about necessarily in an, in an extraterrestrial sense. I'm talking about things that can be easily explained, as my friend has easily explained them. Um, and they know this, but they're intentionally you know, flooding the market, if you will, with this stuff to keep us distracted from what's really going on. That's my analysis of that report and what's happening. Mm, I kind of absolutely agree with you because um, I knew 20 years ago, you know, they just uh, recently, semi-recently came out about the Black Triangle ships. They finally said those are ours. Yeah. But, I mean, I dated people that, you know, worked at Area 51 and were in Homeland Security, and they told me about those ships that they were ours and described them to me years and years and years ago. And so, you know, I've known for a while that they were kind of playing some weird distraction yeah, game i mean the poor people in virginia some of the places by the bases the mm-hmm. dumb mm-hmm. i mean they've been seeing these crafts for years and thinking they were ufo i mean they probably would have been a little bit more comforted if they knew it was their own air force sure. you know what i'm saying yeah no it's definitely some kind of misdirection play going on here and you know they told us what they want us to think uh, they told it, I don't even know how to say it properly, but they threw misdirection, they threw information at us so they can continue to do whatever it is they're trying to hide. Now, I want to go back to this Intergalactic Federation, though, because you have a lot of information about this. Where is your information coming from? Is this through your remote viewing work? Is this from your, your ability to tune into frequencies? Where does the detail come from that you're you're telling us tonight? It comes from a lot of people in the, um, I call it the not-so-secret space program, um, which I am also a part of. So I've had a lot of memories and I've met people that have recognized me from the program. And it actually, I know this probably wasn't what we were supposed to talk about, but it's where we ended up. (laughs) Um, And actually explained a lot of how I felt in my childhood and the disorientation and feeling, you know, so adult in, you know, locked up in this child body. So I was really actually thrilled to find out about these programs. And I just happened to, like I said, I was engaged to a very prominent family in the United States, and uh, they're very involved in politics and government and the military and, like I said, homeland security. So it's been a lot of years, and I finally feel comfortable now talking about some of the things I know. Plus, I have relatives that are involved in human cloning and things like that. So I kind of have a lot of weird ends oh, wow. to a lot of different subjects. Mm-hmm. And, and you're okay. You're okay. And, and, and you're free of uh, any type of danger or harm in, in talking about this stuff? Probably not completely. But what really freed me was um, my children are all grown up. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like uh, now if they take me out, you know, at least they're grown up. They have, you know, significant others. They have their own lives. And, and they are a fan of truth. And um, they want me to get this stuff out. So we know the risk. Uh, have you ever been threatened? Have you actually been threatened? I'm, I have pictures. I'm followed by three-letter agencies um, quite often. Wow. Um, I am harassed 
quite often. I just got buzzed by a military helicopter a couple days ago, one of those famous black helicopters. Honestly, I have to tell you, I mean, it would be weird. I would wonder what happened. I I don't even know (laughs) if I would feel comfortable if I wasn't harassed like this. Like, I'm so used to it. Right. You would feel like somehow you, if if they stopped paying attention to you, you feel like you failed in some way. You want them paying attention to you. Absolutely. And I think even though I'm not a celebrity, I'm far from a celebrity, I think it's kind of how celebrities feel with the paparazzi. Like, they get used to it. They don't love it, but they get used to it. They wouldn't really know how to function kind of without it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, the day... It it kind of is... The day... Yeah, no, the day people stop paying attention is the day you really start to worry. Yeah, and it's affirmation. I feel like I'm doing something right. Like, why are they going to all this expense? Like, how cool. Like, military jets. I used to live outside of Asheville, North Carolina, and they used to about, and my house is built into the side of a mountain. They about took the roof off my house with these jets. And I'm like, how cool that they're spending all this money to harass little old me. I mean, that's. (laughs) Talk about powerful. I mean, come on. Yeah. He's in control here. Yeah. You know, they're all coming after me. <laughs> kind uh, of funny. I don't, I don't normally take this approach in, a, in an interview, in a discussion, but there are so many different ways we can go with our conversation. Y- you provided a lot of information prior to our discussion tonight, and there's a lot of different topics. And I kind of want to get a sense of what you want to talk about. I mean, there's so many different categories of things that we could start a conversation on that will probably last the rest of the show. So where would you like to go? Mm, I, I was kind of planning on going wherever, you know, you yeah. wanted, you know, your audience and, you know, I'm not super well, familiar the beautiful, with your audience. The beautiful thing about it is that every one of these categories is right in, in the middle of what my audience likes to hear about and talk about. So I'm not sure I'm not sure where to start because every one of them is its own show. But let's talk. I want to one thing I'm very, very curious about is um, exorcisms, because we've talked a lot about exorcisms on the show. And they always have there's such a oh, mystique okay. associated with them. And um, I see here in, in some information about you. that Did you perform your first exor- exorcism at 20 or were you? I did. did you have an exorcism performed? Okay, you performed an uh-huh. exorcism. How does? Oh no, no, don't! Uh, I, actually, I misspoke. Both. I mean, I've had my dad, of course, tried many, 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 probably hundreds of times to exercise me, and today it still has not worked. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Your father <laughs> tried to perform exorcisms on you. Of course, you aren't allowed to be psychic in a Christian family. What are you talking about? Of course he did. He thought I was demon-possessed. Wow. What was happening? What were you saying, doing, acting like that made him think? And I don't care, you know, the most ardent Christian, there's there's still a threshold by which you'd feel you'd have to go to that measure. What was it that he was seeing in retrospect that made him decide he needed to try to exercise you? Um, I was talking to my brother about the beings that I was seeing in our house, uh, you know, was the most common reason. Um, I was talking about things that were coming out of my closet. And this is when I was a teenager. It's not like I'm six or seven. I mean, this is when I was older in junior high and high school. My sight seemed to really turn on. I guess that's kind of common. They say, you know, the whole hormonal thing, uh, your abilities can actually increase around that time. And so I was being kind of verbal because I was terrified. My parents were really involved with the church, and they left us alone a lot. Um, I'm not saying they were bad parents. I'm just saying they were really involved in the church and left us alone a lot. And we were older. We were fine, and we didn't really want to go to church anyway, so it was all good. 
but, um, you know, sometimes kind of late at night, really weird stuff happened in my house. And then I would tell my brother and then, you know, they would come home and they would, you know, try to get the demons out of me because, you know, Christians don't see things. You're either crazy or you're demon possessed. And I guess I should be flattered that they didn't think I was crazy, you know, Mm. and thought I was demon possessed. So that's what kind of, you know, a lot of that um, happened with that. And when I did see ours, I used to talk about it and then they didn't like that. So can I ask, um, they can, didn't like, can I ask where, ahead, where, where in the country you grew up? Well, I grew up a lot, kind of like half my life in Chicago and then a lot of my life in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. And uh, what kind of minister was your father? He was an evangelical, um, grace brethren pastor. Hmm. Um, and apparently your brothers were, uh, I don't know what to, devout, I guess would be the word. Um, if they felt like they too needed to be involved in, in getting these spirits out of you. Um, how did you feel? I mean, do, did you ever resent that? It just made me, you know, it's funny. Um, it made me feel crazy. So I inside myself felt crazy because they made me feel crazy. Yeah, I mean, you've got your whole family basically telling you there's something wrong with you. Either, either you, as you said, they didn't, you know, they went with the exorcism route, not the mental health route. But either way, they're telling you there's something wrong with you, and uh, you know, it's, it happened more than once. Yeah, it happened. It happened quite a bit. And um, and then um, when I went away to school and I went to Christian college, but um, it's interesting. Human curiosity often. Um, Trump's religious devotion, I found out. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Because okay. when you can tell, you know, your friends, if their boyfriends or girlfriends are cheating on them, and if you're going to ask them to marry them or not, and, you know, if they're going to pass this class. And, you know, I had all this juicy information that came true. And so I became kind of known as the one to go to for that information. And my fiance at the time used to say, in a really spooky voice, he would say, you know things because he would say, how do you know? And I would just say, I know. And so he'd make fun of me and say, you know, you know, (laughs) so, so I kind of started getting a little feedback and that is when I performed my first exorcism when I was 20. And you, so who did you perform an exorcism on? I I was actually working a case uh, with law enforcement. Um, I got called in and it was in a home of um, disabled mentally and physically um, young adults and middle-aged adults, and they were having a problem with um, the residents, all different residents, not the same ones, were um, screaming and seeing things and having seizures and going into um, what they perceived as fits of possession. Um, I wasn't there, so I don't know. You know, what I would have judged, I don't know that I would have known at 20. I wasn't like a paranormal expert or anything other than my own experience. But um, they asked me to kind of trace down where I thought the problem was coming from. And as soon as I walked in the building, um, I knew, I just knew what was going on. And I said, do I have permission to search the staff lockers? And they got permission from whoever to search the staff lockers. And I found um, a bunch of um, satanic paraphernalia, satanic Bibles. And then, um, but that wasn't the end of it um, because there is religious freedom. Uh, We eventually, uh, that led then to me seeing them doing things on the ground um, small animal sacrifices and stuff like that. So they were really into it and really encouraging this, um, you know, spiritual negativity to come in and mess with the residents. So we put it into all that. It was all good. Okay. So given everything we've talked about so far tonight, 
you know, we started talking about how how you grew up with these sensitivities. We talked a little bit about the intergalactic federation and these overlords, for mm-hmm. back of a lack of a better way to describe them. And now we're talking about demonic forces, good and evil issues here. How do you put all that together? If there is a galactic federation of five hundred thousand planets, they're kind of overlords to us right now. Where does God fit in all that? Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh! You have to ask me that question. You know, um, I used to be a born again Christian, and I've actually, in the past five years, completely renounced my faith due to new information, which. Most people won't do that, but I'm always open, and I'm still open to new information. Sure. And I'll change my mind again if I need to or want to. But um, I studied a lot of history, and um, I've talked to a lot of, for lack of a better word, occultists, high-level occultists, who showed me um, different things um, that the public isn't privy to, let's put it that way. And I just don't. I don't buy it. I don't buy any of it. I think it's uh, all religions are a huge control mechanism, um, just like, you know, the legal system, the medical system, the education system. Um, and I think it's all very, very repressive, and it keeps us very, very small. Um, I forget. There's a famous writer, and I'm going to mess this quote up, but he's, he says, um, now that I don't have to be perfect, I can be good. And I love that so much because... I mean, when I rejected my religion, the freedom I have felt since then is absolutely unparalleled. So, with with that newfound uh, perspective, how do you look back on these exorcisms? Uh, what were you exercising? Mm-hmm. If if there, if it's not a you yeah. know, good evil thing, demonic versus you know uh, angelic question. kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, now don't get me wrong. I think there's. Um, I'm not so much about good and evil, black and white, right and wrong. I think there's a lot of choice. There's definitely lower frequency expressions of consciousness, which I would call dark force energies. Um, would I necessarily now call them demons? I absolutely did back then. I have experienced, you know, evil whisper my name that would like, you know, make you wet yourself, you know, and, and I've seen things and I've experienced things and I've worked with paranormal teams. I mean, I'm sure you have too. Um, yeah. Um, that are definitely, you just have to call it like bone chilling, uh, evil. As a matter of fact, people that say they don't believe in exorcisms, I say, why don't you come with, you know, to one that I'll do, you won't last five minutes because there is this great evil. Now, looking back at it from the new perspective I have and all the things I've learned and trying to put, as you said, the pieces together, I think some of it's bluff. So I don't think all of it's bluff. But now that I know who I am and the power that I have and how old a soul I am, I know a lot of it's bluff. And I would handle things very differently, and I do. I regularly pull discarnate spirits out of people in seconds, and I do a lot of it remotely, long distance. I don't even have to be there. I regularly clear houses and analyze horrible situations with children um, being taken at night and, and abduction cases and my labs and secret space and all this stuff, you know, a lot of it is, um, you know, just fear-based and, you know, we really have more power than we think even, even young children really do. So I think sometimes dark forces bluff a lot and it's kind of like, you know, the boogeyman that puts a sheet over him and says boo and people jump and he's like, Oh, this is cool. I'm going to do it some more. So really there's so many levels of these beings because 
the third dimension, sits right next to all the other dimensions. And so as your abilities come up and as your frequency rises, all these different levels of entities and human discarnates and um, I call them dark force energies instead of demons, you know, they all, they all become players, but they're very distinct in their frequency and I handle them very different ways. I'm still having trouble understanding the, what they are. Are they, I mean, we talk about the spiritual uh, realm, if you will, mm-hmm. and yet we're disconnecting it from any type of what we might consider to be a religious type thing. And, and, and now I'm fine with that because I think, I think um, you know, there are a lot of ways to define religion. However, I have, if, if there is a spirit realm and these things exist in, in their, their malevolent forces as well as benevolent forces, uh, mm-hmm. You know, there mm-hmm. seems to me that's some kind of substance that would lead us to believe that, you know, the afterlife idea, all these other concepts that are encapsulated in these religious ideas. And, you know, religion is a man-made construct. Um, but still, those ideas are encapsulated there, uh, that there's something, there is a connection, no? Mm, there is, in a way, a connection because we create our own reality. So, um, the you know, universe means song of one. You know, we think universe means the world and blah, 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 planets. It doesn't. You know, we, it's, it's song of one. We come in here by ourselves. We leave here by ourselves. We've walked, you know, for centuries and millennia, some of us by ourselves. Yes, we dance with other people and have relationships, and it's wonderful and horrible and all those things. But, uh, so, we're getting so tricky. So, you see the <laughs> pictures of the, of the NASA pictures of the heaven ships. So there are places for people that believe. So people that believe in heaven, when they die, they can go to the heaven ship because we are in a ship right now. Have you seen the NASA pictures of us, of the poles, of the ship on the pole, of Earth, of Mars, of Jupiter? Have you seen the Sushi cams? No, I have not. You need to. I, I can send you a picture of the heaven ship. Please it's exactly do. like it's described in the Bible. I sent it to my dad, and he had no comment he does not want to believe that have, when I say ship, by the way, you guys, of course, I mean starship, just so you know, because my dad was like, what do you mean? A ship in the sea? I'm like, no, dad, starship, <laughs> duh. <laughs> so funny. But no, NASA actually um, has distributed, well, maybe not to the public, but to some people, um, pictures of the heaven ship. And it's glorious. If you want to go to heaven and sing and walk on crystal and gold, you guys have at it. I'm going to go somewhere more fun, personally. So that's what they don't teach us. We have the power now, and we have the power when we pass. There is no death. What do you mean? There's no death. This is just an avatar. We've had so many avatars. We've oh died so many times. Absolutely insane. This is one big adventure. This is. I'm, I'm definitely going somewhere better than this. That's so, all I have so, to tell you guys. And I'm not going to heaven. Man, Kimberly, you're, you're killing me here. We have so many different ways to go um, with the conversation, and I love it. But if we are avatars and we you know mm-hmm. we we live beyond the life of the avatar uh, why don't we remember mm-hmm. them i mean some people do we've talked about past lives we've talked about past life regression we've got, you know we know of the experiments where children were able to identify things they should have no knowledge of based on a past life we th- but those are somewhat mm-hmm. isolated why is it that if we're moving from avatar to avatar we don't carry that all of those memories with us completely our memory wipes every night. They upload um, our entire consciousness every night into the mainframe. And you can see the ship of the mainframe. It sits on the sun simulator. You can also see this on the SESI cams. You can see the wings of the ship. 
um, and you would call it a demon, I would call it a dark force energy or entity, an actual being um, pilots that ship and runs the programs that holds the matrix, you've heard that term, uh, everything that you think you see in 3D, it holds it in place, although it is kind of breaking apart um, as more and more people wake up. So, um, yeah, my memory wipe. They don't want you. They don't want you to know because, again, religion puts the power outside of you, and it puts um, the decision in someone else, whether it's Muhammad or you know whoever, Joseph Smith or Jesus or God or, or whoever you believe, the Holy Spirit, you know, Mother Mary, whatever your particular religion, um, you know, Buddha, on and on. Um, that takes the power away from you. But when you realize um, that, yes, there's cause and effect in the universe, so. Uh, you can't go around murdering people. You know, there is something that possibly will probably happen, but not karma as we're typically taught. Um, life becomes a lot more interesting, a lot more creation-oriented, because, again, I use the term fire creation spirits. So we're all part, I believe, of this huge, amazing, um, you know, creative consciousness, and we can speak into existence our own micro-reality, and we can affect macro-reality as we wake up and as our frequency comes up. And that's why some people can see spirits. And it's not so much as a spiritual world as it, it's just normal for like a fifth dimension and a fourth dimension density. So all these beings we see, the Sasquatch and the Dogmen and the, um, all the cryptos that we don't identify, I hate how people just talk about Sasquatch and Dogmen, and the fairies and yada yada, they all exist in, and they're overlapping our world. So the people that can see these, it's like a bleed through because that world isn't somewhere else. It's here. You are just in a lower density or frequency and there's a physicality that you haven't risen above. I'm pausing because I'm just taking it all in and considering it all. You've said a lot there. The, um, when you start talking about, um, downloading to the mainframe, memory wiping us every night. Uh, and again, you're, you're talking about, I'm assuming these, these galactic, intergalactic federation rulers, what would you call them? Uh, masters? Well, I mean, in that, well, no, the galactic federations, they call themselves neutral, but they love to conquer and take over planets. So I don't know how neutral that makes them. Um, and they have, you know, these mandates, they can't, you know, be the oppressor and all these things, but they break them all the time. So how we're taught, you know, right and wrong, you know, fair, you know, doesn't really exist in the multiverse. Um, it's really kind of um, a lot more wiggly um, than that. Really on Earth, um, it's going to be the military or the darker factions of the military that are going to be your oppressors, your three-letter agencies, and your corporations. And again, not the like food corporations or the car corporations, but the ones above those. You know, like I said, Monarch. And, you know, you're familiar with the MKUltra program. Well, Monarch yeah. brought us MKUltra, which we're all under. You know, we're, even me, you know, I'm still programmed. I'm not any better or different than you. Uh, maybe I know a couple more things or, you know, have, you know, accepted some new thought in my being. Um, and I try to share that with other people and I've seen a few things and done a few things, maybe some people, but I mean, we're all in the same boat. We're all here. You know, I haven't gotten out of here either. Um, so I just, I work with, and I don't know if you know this, but I design technology. I work with frequency. I work for a lot of big corporations and, um, I subcontract out to design software programs about frequency. So 
I've just been exposed to information a lot of other people haven't. Yeah, you sure have. Uh, that's why this is such a fascinating conversation. Uh, let's talk reptilians for a second, because I know, you know, I noted here that um, you had some in- interest and discussion about reptilians. We talk about reptilians. Are these overlords? Are these are these intergalactic federation folks made up of reptilians and others? And are there reptilians here walking among us as some people would contend? Oh, yeah, I get pictures of them all the time. I mean, I have. So many pictures I haven't even sent to my agent because I can identify them by frequency. So when I drive by them, I know who's the reptilian. And if I take a picture, you'll clearly see they're reptilian. I mean, how can you tell? How can you tell, Kimberly? I just know it. Is it, it a, because is it I work a, with frequency so okay, much? So you I mean, sense I can it? just identify you by sense frequency. It? You, you can sense it, or is it a physical thing that you see? It's both. Okay. I can see beneath. Well, and the way I used to work before I used the technology that I use now to do scans, which I could do a scan, I need some time. I can do that. You know, I can, I'd be happy to do one and send it to you off air to show you what I do. But um, what I used to do as a medical intuitive is I have the ability to merge with a person or an animal or a house and become that being from the inside out. So that's a huge energy drain to crawl around in a body, to get in someone's mind. It's pretty freaky, you know, to see what they see, to know what they know. Um, it's really bizarre and it takes a big toll. So now I don't have to do that, but I'm still able to. So even if I think somebody's a reptilian, all I have to do is dip in really quick. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, they're Draco, they're reptilian, they're a gray, they're this, they're that, they're mantoid, they're, you know, actuarian, they're palladian. I mean, I can identify them all. But they're all walking among us, looking, looking humanoid, right? You know what? You know what's different for me about other people that talk about this? Hmm. I have proof. I have pictures, multiple oh. pictures. Well, that's huge. I think it is. Yeah, no, that definitely is. Um, but you know, if you can't sense them, or if you don't know what to look for, or to you know to 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 observe, uh, they but, would just look like humans to the rest of us. Um, they do. They look like humans. But what? And I was just talking to my daughter again tonight about this. And to my, I, it's hard to get through. People, we're in a game. So this is a game. This is nothing, well, it is serious, but it's a game. Some of us have chosen to come in and play the game. Some of us have been caught as prisoners and brought to the game. And so in a game, um, there's what we call non-player characters, meaning um, so there's real fire creation spirits, or you would call them people with a solar spirit. Then there's all these other, we'll call them under-terrestrial, you know, from the doms, like a lot of the... um, creatures from the dumbs or, or beings that have lived under the earth on earth that we would consider foreign. They aren't human. So we might be scared of them or think they're ETs. And then there's the ones from outside of, you know, 3d and the starships and stuff that have come from other planets and other places. Um, not just reptilians, you know, many, many, many um, other species that have also some chosen, you know, to come in to keep the status quo in the prison planet. And some, some have chosen to come in and disguise themselves to assist. And as a matter of fact, I don't even believe that any real spirit is anything else other than an ET, because in a game, think about designing a video game. In a game, the only real people that are indigenous to Earth are the clones, because they were born here in a lab or, you know, and created here, so they're indigenous to here, right? Or the simulations. There are actually people that are, you think are solid, you think are, you know, physical but um, they're actually just, you know, a simulation. We have many, many TV shows 
that have told us this in movies, the Truman Show, The Good Place, on and on. I mean, they're always showing us exactly what this place is and how it's done. So taking everything that you just said, and uh, first of all, I don't know, how, I don't know how you get any sleep, not because it's disturbing, but because it sounds like you're <laughs> constantly thinking and working. Um, That's about true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious you do a lot of work. But uh, given everything yeah. that you said, you know, what's the point? What is the point of of any of us doing what we're doing on a day to day basis? It sounds like it's rather pointless when you start putting it into okay. those terms. Exactly. My daughter and I are like, what's the point? We say that all the time. We honestly have that exact conversation sometimes. We're like, can we go now? Are we done yet? Can we get out of here? <laughs> have we won this game? Or have we lost this game? But can we just leave? Um, okay, so if you are an eternal, infinite, awesome, endlessly powerful, endlessly creative, endless expression of consciousness, you might call it God or a God or like God, um, What's the point? There is no point. It's whatever you want the point to be. You can play this game on earth. You can go and be, uh, and that's what they don't teach about past lives. So these fire creation spirits, they haven't just been human past lives. You could have been, you know, a Roman God. You could have been um, a gray. You could have chosen to be a clone. You could have chosen, you know, and then we haven't even gotten into the, you know, fragmented minds and the fragmentation of the spirits and how many of us, you know, have part of us walking around in a clone body. As a matter of fact, most people are cloned um, that are reals because only the reals can create these other beings and other species, especially obviously clones and simulations. They can't come up with new ideas. They can't write beautiful musical pieces. They can't paint um, gorgeous, you know, paintings. They can't come up with, you know, concepts to, um, you know, get water from the desert. Like this is a fire creation. This is magic. There's only so many people on this earth or in any reality that are magic. And that's why they keep us prisoner. They harvest us for our flesh. They harvest us for our blood. They harvest us for our energy. But most of all, they harvest us for our magical powers of creation. You do um, a lot of work that, that, in some way, if you look at it on on the surface, might seem a little bit disconnected from this, but maybe it's not. So explain it to me. But you do you you consult on um, alternative health issues. Uh, you consult on frequency healing and alternative healing options. Um, mm-hmm. How does that relate to everything we've talked about, or is it is it completely separate? No, it does relate because you know we're mind, body, spirit. You know, past lives, what's going on in other realms, what's happening at night. One of the things I like to challenge people with, I'm like, who told you what sleep, who told you how to sleep and who told you what sleep was about? Because one of my new theories, this is a relatively new theory that I am not definitive on, um, but I suspect we're all being taken, all, um, simulations, real people, everybody, um, we're all being taken at night and used for different projects, some good projects, some bad projects, some secret space, some military um, that's what we're finding in our research of using the technology because the technology doesn't lie. It's impartial and all it does is read frequency. And so I can read anything in anybody or any place, anywhere, anytime with my technology. So we're doing a lot of experiments with what's happening with people at night. And it's very, 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 very interesting. So what type of clients? So all of it oh, kind of fits together. Okay. Right? No, so- I, you know, it just kind of fits. If you, if you would let me do a scan, I need you to understand how it's would fit together better. Okay. Um, what kind of people 
contact you for consultation? What types of things are going on in their lives that um, mm. that make them turn to you and, and for you to help them? A lot of people um, aren't satisfied with their level of their psychic abilities, so they want their psychic abilities opened up or their psychic abilities have opened up and they want answers like, what do I do with this? How do I handle this? How do I handle these beings? Um, of course, a lot of people um, have issues or think they have issues with possession. Um, they have hauntings. Um, they have health problems. They have, they're depressed. They're anxious. They're exhausted. Um, they're PTSD and have a lot of trauma. Their nervous system screaming on. They have genetic disorders. We do genetic testing. Um, anything. I mean, we really cover, you know, everything. We can talk about relationships. We can talk about we can see all your programming, all your beliefs that you don't know you have that's holding you back from making money, and we can pull those beliefs out, and we can give you a personalized frequency track to help neutralize some of that and rewire. I mean, we can tell you what brain chemicals are low. I mean, I mean, there's nothing we can't tell you because everything's frequency. And, of course, all of that information, if someone was interested in pursuing that with you, is on your website, secretofeverything.com, right? Secret to everything. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, secret to um, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and, and by the way, if you've just joined us, we're talking to Dr. Kimberly McGeorge about her work. Uh, I want to continue on this idea of these of the reptilians or other beings walking among us. What is their role? You've kind of touched on it a little bit, but they are they enforcers in some way? Are they the ones that if your theory about everybody being taken every night, they're the ones that are actually doing it, they're effectuating it, they're running whatever machinery is required or technology is required to do that, um, the matrix, if you will. Is that their role or is it something else? I think that's part of their role. Um, not all the reptilians, I shouldn't lump them Um So casually together, the Dracos tend to be still pretty nasty um, because that's their nature. It's like saying a lion is nasty. You know, we go to the zoo and we say, oh, how beautiful, how powerful, how majestic. (laughs) Because it's a lion and we know what it does, right? But when we see a Draco, we say, how horrible, how evil. You know, no, it's just their nature. And we actually all have, you know, in our body, the vagus nerve and a lot of the brain, the way the brain's divided, those are, you know, reptilian character qualities. So we have a lot of reptilian in us. In the avatar, not in the spirit, most of us. So we shouldn't really be so harsh because we should kind of understand, you know, how many sexual addicts do you know? How many alcoholics? How many people beat their wives? How many murderers? I mean, the human race is no, you know, exactly angels. So I think we're a little harsh when it comes to judging, you know, other species and other races, especially when it's hardwired into them. So definitely I think they're enforcers. But honestly, um, I I hate to say it. I'm going to sound really conspiracy nutty now. I think the German uh, corporations and the German military, as well as our own military and each individual country's military, is doing a lot of the night abductions. Um, the Greys seem to be more of, um, I don't want to say servants, but um, more of a biological robot type of tool from my understanding and my encounters with them. And we've had a lot of encounters with them, my girls and I, over the years. In addition to being able to recognize when you're seeing one of these, what we'll call, we'll call them aliens for lack of a better word, but whether it's the reptilians or grays or whomever, um, you say you recognize them. You, when you pass by one, you can tell. You take pictures. Do you ever talk to them? Have you had conversations with these these creatures? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, they don't like to talk to me because they know, like, it's this weird game we play. They know <laughs> like, you they know. know. They know you know. I know yeah. that I can see them. <laughs> like it's, and so they're kind of like... Um, yeah, um, they don't like to talk to me, 
um, because they don't want to be seen, obviously. I think they might get even get in trouble. And I guarantee you've talked to many, 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 many beings that you thought were people. Um, I'm even to the point now, because I think we're at the end of this construct, um, you know, the real sun's gone, one are like eight sun simulator. The sun simulators don't work very well. You can check out what that looks like again every day on the SESI cams. So you can see what's going on with the sun simulator. So some days, you know, the light looks off. At least I'm real sensitive to the light. So I'm like, why is it so dim? And I look at the sun simulator. I'm like, oh, not doing so well. You know, they repair the sun simulator all the time. Our not-so-secret space program <laughs> military <laughs> uh, cracks me up. I was just hoping they were going to tell everybody because they're still making me sound crazy. <laughs> you know, one of these days I want to be vindicated by time. You know what I'm saying? Are there other people talking about this? I mean, I've had people talk about segments of what we've talked about tonight, but no one who's put it together quite like you have. Um, there are people talking in segments. I think it's me coming in a different door that has given me different, like all the pieces, and I'm starting to get a whole puzzle. I'm not saying I'm 100% right, but it's making more and more and more sense to me as I get you know, come through the frequency door. Not a lot of people come through the frequency door. You know, I come through the frequency door into the paranormal. I come into the frequency door to health. I come in the frequency door to the matrix. You know, everything I come in the frequency door. And when you, when you talk about the frequency door, obviously we had, you know, our early part of our conversation, you were explaining what you meant by everything being frequency and how that, how that affects everything you do. But I want to shift in the few minutes we have left because my, my, audience loves hearing and talking about ghosts and i use air quotes when i say ghosts here because uh, yeah, we, i love ghosts too <laughs> so we're good yeah so you know when when we start talking about that type of phenomenon and you've already explained part of it but do it again for us what are these things that we're experiencing when we say a house is haunted or we say i saw a ghost you know something as simple as that or we get a picture of a of a, a an apparition what are we looking at? Yeah, and that's hard because there is some trickery. There is some disguising. There are beings that like to pretend to be other beings. So could it be Grandma Sally? Absolutely, 100%. Could it be another being pretending to be? And I don't notice I don't say demon, just another being. So we got to get out of this, like, demon angels, that's it, you know, ghosts. You know, there's so much other variation of these beings. There's all these nature spirits which tend to be quite um, trickster-oriented. They can be really kind, and they can be really crazy. Um, I have nature spirits, actually, that come through my house every night. It drives me nuts, and they know it does, and it's like this weird communication game we play, and they knock all my pictures off. I mean, they don't knock them off, but they tilt every single one of my pictures. So every morning, I have to go back and, like, straighten all my pictures. It's our own little fun game. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, there's just all these beings that can be in your house. So when you say haunted, you could be haunted by eight different types of beings, or you could have a true, what I call human discarnate, um, you know, haunting. A lot of human discarnates do not know that they're dead. They'll wait for the bus. You've heard this. You know, they'll go to their favorite yep. restaurant. They'll go hang out. They don't understand, you know, what's going on. And, and they don't um, they don't have the physicality, of course, but they want to be around the living. They want to be in the places they feel comfortable and the other thing we think is um, if your grandma or your grandpa, your fiance, your daughter, your son, your pet, um, if they're not here, we think, you know, that's it. You have to hire a medium. You don't have to hire a medium. One of the things that I teach is I teach people how they can communicate anytime, anywhere with their loved ones just as effectively 
as a medium. So these are the things we aren't taught. Because why? How empowering is that? If you want to talk to your dog that you loved, you know, who, you know, a lot of animals are real spirits, not all animals, but a lot of animals do have real spirits. Um, how awesome to be able to do that or your grandma or your mom or your dad or your sister or whoever passed that you've loved in your life. How exciting, how phenomenal. Yeah. And you don't have to pay for it. You know, who would think? So a lot of the stuff is rigged and it's system controlled in the alternative media. No offense. A lot of it is system controlled. I can tell you're not. <laughs> be talking to me. Um, and a lot of, uh, obviously we know the mainstream media is system controlled. Everything's designed to take the power out of your hands, to put the power of life and death in the church, to put the power of life and death in communication into a medium or psychic. That's a bunch of BS. You guys can communicate directly with your loved ones. And, you know, I love to teach people how to do that. And I love to do it for them until they can do it for themselves. And I almost never charge to do that. I will not, I will not, you know, take advantage of that grief and pain because that grief and pain is one of the strongest, you know, yeah. um, pains, as you know, you know, on earth. And I, I refuse. So to let, let me, let me ask you this because, um, you, you must know that I've talked to dozens, if not hundreds of psychics or people that claim to be psychic. And, you know, I, I have to say that not every, I don't believe everyone is genuine. I just, I'm going to come out and say, I that. don't either. <laughs> uh, I do. There are, there are some, but it's, I, it's, it's a minority of them that I, I am impressed by. So my sister, uh, my sister and I lost our, both of our parents pretty quickly, and they were rather young um, to illness. And, uh, and, and since my mother passed away, gosh, it's been four years now, uh, my sister's really still struggling with it. We both are, but she really is. And, and she went to uh-huh. a, went, did an online consultation with the medium the other day. And, I, oh, wow. know, and she knows how I feel about it. I, you know, I say, uh, whatever, but she did it. And when she was done, she was very, very excited about it and she was telling me telling me the things that the medium said and i said to her i said beck my sister's name is becky or rebecca i said beck Mm -hmm. um if you're happy about this if this makes you feel better then i am a hundred percent for it and she said but i really want to know what you think and i said well what i think is everything they just told you um can either be found in public records or uh is just is just you know leading questions that you happen to you know, make a comment or acknowledge that led the conversation in one direction or the other. And I don't necessarily think they contacted mom for you. What do you think about things like that? Oh, it's hard because a lot of times um, there's a radio show I was doing late at night and I don't ever look for medium work. You know, I don't advertise myself as a medium. You notice that's not listed in my bio. You know, it's not on my website. You won't find it anywhere. But the oddest things, I was doing a late night interview, much like this, I was talking to the guy and, you know, he was just talking and I'm like, oh my gosh, I said, your mother just shut up. She's standing right in front of me. And I like, just like, I didn't ask for it. I didn't want it. I didn't want her in my house, but I described her. It ended up being the coolest thing. Really sweet. Of course. Oh, I mean, it meant a lot to him. Sure. And, and, and then his uncle showed up and I was like, oh my gosh, your uncle's laughing. Did he have a really good sense of humor? So I don't, like do things like, you know, they had a figurine on the top shelf. I mean, who cares? I mean, people want relationship, you know, they want to know, you know, that their loved ones are happy and that they're the same. And one of the things I always say to people, people think they become like something else when you die. No, because there's no death. When you pass, you are the exact same person you are right now for better or worse. Like you do not change. You are the exact same person. And so they are the exact same people. So I'm able to describe um, people's loved ones in a very, 
visceral way that they identify with because they know how their loved one was when they die and that's how their loved one appears to me. So I think it's funny. Um, you know, there's no gimmicks or tricks, you know, if somebody appears to me, I just, um, you know, share that. I say, would it be okay? You know, if I share, you know, what your mother's saying to me or what your uncle is saying to me. And, um, and then I try to teach them how to do, continue that relationship themselves without the need for anyone in between. Uh, that's that's a very healthy way to look at it and approach it, and I, it's refreshing to hear you say that. My sister has a recording of this Zoom consult, you know, medium session she had, and mm-hmm. she wants me to sit down and watch it with her someday. So I'm going to do that, uh, and then I may have might have a better understanding or feeling. But I just have it's very rare that I hear something that I think, okay, now that sounds like something that that means something, but. Um, I've, I'm just a natural. I'm a believer skeptic, you know. I you got to really impress me. I know it's there, but you got to really impress me to acknowledge I know. it. You I know? am too, believe it or not. I'm a believer skeptic. I'm still trying to prove all this stuff. That's why I love to get pictures. I love to get evidence. You know, um, I'm kind of evidence based. Yeah, well, that's that's a healthy way to do it. That's a very healthy way to do it. Evidence is key, um, but also it's the clock is key, and we've run out of time here. And as I knew, oh, based on the list of yeah. things that we were had to talk about, we wouldn't get to even half of it. So, uh, Kimberly, I'm hoping you'll agree to come back on relatively soon. We can continue our conversation, but in the meantime, I thank you so much for sharing all of that with us and spending an hour talking about it. It was a real treat. Oh no, it's fabulous! You are you're just an absolute great interviewer, and thank you for letting me and talk the, about all this stuff. Yeah, and once again, <laughs> you know? give your website out so people who are interested in learning more about your work and maybe contacting you for some help, uh, they can do that. Sure, it's secret to everything dot com. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.